Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Donovan chested to O'Neal, gets it right back. Guarded by Solomon Hill. Rise and fire, free mid-range jumper on the right wing is up and in. Donovan, left corner, three on an O'Neal give, pops out. Rudy puts it back up and in. Donovan trying to get that switch. Now attacks from left hand, flares it out to Royce. Resets Donovan, reddish on him, fires the three, got it. Oh my, Donovan just knows it right now. Donovan signaling the crowd to let it rip a little bit. And the crowd does. And the Jazz beat the Atlanta Hawks 110 to 98. Hawks going back to back, missing a couple of guys. The Jazz at home, shooting the three better, and it all added up to a win. PK, not a blowout, but a victory nonetheless. Donovan, 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 <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, 27 points, five of 11 from three. Donovan, yeah, Hawks, they weren't missing anybody who counts. Get out of town. But Donovich, I just made more opportunities for Herder. Hunter. Ah, Hunter. Ah. I'd rather have Lindsey Hunter than this other Hunter. Hey, dude. famous Hunters, let's go. Uh, deer. Good movie. Don't remember it. Jazz improved. Catfish. To- <laughs> nice. Jazz improved to 8 and 3 with the victory, starting a big stretch at home. See if they can pile up some wins. The Indiana Pacers are coming in tomorrow. No back to backs on the horizon either, so it is all set up for victories. Hall of Famer Catfish Hunter, best line when they let women in the locker room. They'll find out not all men, not all men are created equal. Former Utah Jazz star Darren Williams is going to fight Frank Gore. Boxing match, Tampa, Florida, December 18. Oh, they're on, forget that. They're on the undercard. I want to see Jokic's brothers fight the Morris brothers. Yeah! <laughs> Battle Royale, let's go. Put them all in the ring. I'm ready. I've got a Twitter beef going. That's so. what I want to see, man. Those tatted up, uh, where is he from? Slovenia? Ukraine? I think it's Croatia. Croatia? No, it's not uh, Croatia. It's Slovenia, I believe. Okay. It's one yeah. of those. Those guys look nasty. <laughs> you don't want to tangle with those guys? No. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Giannis into the front court, head full of steam, attacks inside, and throws it down with a one-hand slam and comes away pumping his fists on that dunk right there. Andre Drummond, 17 points now on his 20th rebound. Here's a lot pass on the other side, up to Giannis, who thumps it down on the alley-oop feed from Drew Holiday. George with Lillard swiping at it, spins to his left, now back to his right. George in, put it up, put it in, count it in a foul. George pounding his chest for Staples center as he puts the Clippers up 10 with a chance for one more. George facing up, double team comes, gets it outside, Batum straight away three, bottom, Nick Batum, perfect once again, his 6-3. And the Clippers beat the Blazers 117-109. Batum was 6 of 8 from 3, he had 22 points, George had 24, and Reggie Jackson gave him 23. So Nikki, they get the win. Nikki bait him. In Portland, it seemed like BYU back in the day with the uh, lose a game. You already know what bowl game going to. I mean, we already know how Portland season's going to end. Squeak into the playoffs, losing the first round. 
And they may be solidly getting the playoffs, but they're not going to do anything once they get there. Bucks beat the Sixers in the other game. Light night in the NBA. Bucks win 118-109. Giannis had 31 in that game. Sixers still without Embiid. George Niang still lighting it up. He had another good night shooting the ball. Early MVP candidate of the Sixers. There it is. Uh, and you mentioned Jokic. He was suspended for one game without pay for shoving Marquise Morris in the back. Jokic misses tonight's game against the Indiana Pacers. Yes, the Pacers will be going back-to-back against the Jazz. I know. The league just gives the Jazz so many advantages. It's a joke. It's a jokage. Morris was fined 50 grand for his two flagrant fouls. Jimmy Butler was fined 30 grand for attempting to escalate the situation, failing to comply with an NBA escalate security review. After Jokic went to the bench, not while he was right there. I think it was worth it. If I'm Jokic, I'd take a game. Take a game. It's worth it to give Morris a pop for that. Yeah, I, think I was so. a little surprised Morris didn't get suspended. It wasn't a basketball play. Oh, but I mean, he's play. got a track record of being basically a Boy Scout. It so. wasn't a basketball play. The guy had the a both arms scout. on the ball above his head. His ribs are exposed, and you just go over and run into him. Throw a little elbow shoulder in there. Yeah, but that's who the Morris brothers, that's not the first time. I mean, yeah, I expect that. Surprised they didn't get a one-game suspension, too. Yeah, come on. Let them play on. That's good for the league, man. People are talking about it. We were talking about it all day yesterday and certainly in the morning on that thing. Three former Phoenix Suns employees have received messages from Penny Sarver, wife of Robert Sarver, who's the team's majority owner. The former employees say they consider the messages an attempt to intimidate them. Penny has confirmed she reached out to them, but says she wasn't trying to intimidate anyone, considers that silly, wrong, and outrageous. Okay, one of the people... If something happens to one of my children, I will hold you and Earl Watson personally responsible. That sounds like a little bit of intimidation to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what are you going to do when you hold that person? I can't imagine anything would happen to one of their children over this. I wouldn't think, but I don't know. Hold them personally responsible. Are you going to sue them? How are you going to hold them responsible? Whack them. <laughs> the Sopranos down there in Phoenix. What you got? Interesting to see what happens if the league forces him to sell. Man, maybe Ryan Smith can own two teams. <laughs> <laughs> um, Travis Hansen told us that he was interested in the Suns, and we had known that. And that they, uh, Travis told a story on our show that. Um, Ryan went to Sarver and was going to give $100 million. He said, what do you get from that? And Sarver said, good seats. <laughs> that wasn't enough. $100 million, he Wasn't, wasn't there something it. about not even getting to watch practice? For $100 million, you can't watch practice. Come on. You can conduct practice. <laughs> you give me $100 million. <laughs> Got the run of the gym. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Now a three-pointer by Hogarth. Misses. Rebound, Christian Brown. Boy, does he look Throw athletic. Throw up. A lob. Ochai, a slam. Ochai Abaji rocking that rim. Heels off of the Griffin screen. On the drive. Trevor got inside. A little bully ball. Count it. And a chance for three. Juzang will run through the lane and hurl it out to Hawkins. A three ball is around and in with one second left. And there's the hole. 47-19 lead for the Bruins at the break. 
College basketball is underway. BYU got the win. Utah got the win. Utah State did not get the win. Dixie State covered. What impressed slash entertained you the most from any of these games to open the college basketball season? Or pretty much ho-hum for you? Yeah, I can't really get into these big uh, Michigan State and Kansas and Duke and Kentucky. They're nice big powerhouse matchups and all that, but they're also meaningless. These guys are all getting in the tournament. Yeah. And they'll probably be seated pretty well. Right. Uh, if they're half decent, they will be. So, I mean, but I appreciate them doing that. I, I tried to watch the Kansas thing a little early, uh, but... Just didn't do anything for you? No, because they're all going to get in. You know, what, to get back in March to see what, what they're going to do. But I appreciate them doing that. So it was more about the locals. Uh, I thought BYU struggled a little bit, but Cleveland State went to the tournament. They got five seniors. They got a 300-pounder, man. You don't see 300-pounders <laughs> in basketball very often. That's uh, a big boy. You know, got, I was surprised given how many players they had that Cleveland State's offense down the stretch was like one guy dribbling into the paint and just try to hoist something up, maybe draw a foul, get to the line, and they got a couple shots blocked in there. It just didn't seem very creative. I don't know basketball like moving. you, so I can't really identify I think you that. Do. You I know? think you do. You, you know when the ball moves side to side, and it wasn't happening. No, I'm, I'm all about fingers in the dirt. I know football. I played freshman football at Thunderbird. We'll, we'll go over this with our Thunderbird uh, alumni coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Pablo Mastroni will join <laughs> us here in about 15 minutes. We'll have Thunderbird high talk, and then eventually we get to our cell in the playoffs. And I like how Barcelo took over. Man, he did. Uh, how do you say that uh, 45's name? Fuseni Traore. Yeah, he's got a body, man. He's got a, you gotta, you gotta like that. Dirt. 250 pounds. Yeah, just a young or is kid. Is that 300? That other no, dude. No, 300 is out of shape. You can't be. There's no 300. That dude, 6'8", 305. I mean, and he looked like he was out of shape. But uh, 45 looked good. Loner looked good. So, and they, and they got the win. That was good for them. Uh, and Barcelo, you know, he seems like he's he's a transfer, but it seems like uh, he's, he's one been of there those long guys like not. Britton Covey. You know, it just yeah. seemed like he's been at the BYU for a good long while. That'd be fun to watch these guys this season. They've got so many new guys. Really, all three of uh, the D1 teams. A lot of new guys. Uh, Who are these guys? At least Utah and Utah State traded guys, so we know them even though they're new. Yeah, yeah, but it's going to take some time. And Utah State, I mean, the guts of their team is in Salt Lake City. Justin Bean gave him 16 and 13. He's still in Logan. He's a good player. UC Davis. Beats Utah State 72-69. Utah State could not score down the stretch. They got to the seven-minute mark and then didn't score for about four minutes. And it gets away from them. Davis has picked top half of the Big West, but not, I think, they picked fourth. So, And UC San Diego, their first win over a Pac-12 team, beating Cal. Cal and Washington suck. Yep. They both lost. Cal's the best player actually plays for San Diego State. Uh, Bradley, he's on the wooden award preseason list anyway. Got mine yesterday. The uh, Cougars played them Friday. They, or it's Friday night, isn't it? Friday night. Yeah, they've had some. They've had some great games over the years. It's a series that should be played every year. And the uh, Colorado Buffaloes had to go to overtime to get the win. Pac-12, all all home games, money games. They dropped two of them and almost lost a third. But Colorado pulled it out in OT. Beat Montana State. Utes used a 19-4 run in the second half to pull away from Abilene Christian and win that game 70-56. to 
I think they should rename it to Maybelline. It'd be way better than Abilene, right? Oh, Maybelline, why can't you be true? In fact, I'm going to call him Maybelline Christian from now on. Gonzaga 97-63 over Dixie State. We had John Judkins on yesterday. Excited to go up there and play in front of fans. They did it. They lose by 34. Last year, they lost by 45. They're getting closer, PK. You know, I'd, I'd say about 27 next year. Boise State by 20 over UVU, 76-56. Southern Utah picked to win the Big Sky. Beat Bethesda, 116-74. Weber State picked second behind SU in the Big Sky. Beat Western Colorado, 100-60. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Further comments, you know, I'm going to keep between myself and my doctors. And, you know, I don't have any further comments about about any of those things after this interview. Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard fired, fined $14,650. The Green Bay Packers fined three hundred grand, but no suspensions after the NFL completes a review of the franchise's COVID-19 policies and practices earlier this week. Aaron's uh, eligible to come back Saturday. I assume we'll see him Sunday. Yeah, I think the most interesting thing in all this was, what's her name, Shalane Woodley? The new uh, gal, I guess. I know Aaron's body very well. First off, his feet, ahem, and no offense to this rando dude, are a lot bigger. You know, she's kind of using a little code there. A little bit. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> using code? No. Carolina Panthers quarterback <laughs> Sam Darnold <laughs> has an incomplete fracture of his right shoulder blade. He is likely going to miss several weeks with the injury. They think it happened Sunday against the Patriots. That's the problem. He's had too many incompletions. This is the latest. Minnesota Vikings running back Dalvin Cook allegedly abused a former girlfriend, causing a concussion during an altercation at his home last year. Star Tribune of Minneapolis reporting this, citing a lawsuit filed Tuesday. Cook's attorney said Cook was assaulted by the woman after she broke into his residence. Do you think your baby mama would stick up for you like Woodley did? Yeah, I really don't know about that. Because she is your baby mama. You need to stop. I, she's also your wife, but she's also your baby mama. <laughs> yeah, I know. I said where you're going. <laughs> I saw you setting yourself up. Not the first time. Why wouldn't she stick up for you like that? DJ and PK. <laughs> Hashtag college football. BYU moves up the spot to number 14. Utah enters the college football playoff rankings at number 24. There are the locals in the new rankings. Ohio State is now in the top four, PK. Cincinnati is fifth, waiting for someone to stumble. Ohio State had a close game. Admittedly, not as close as Cincinnati. And Bama had a close game, but they didn't uh, They didn't suffer. Ohio State actually prospered. Well, the Bearcats have become huge Ute fans. <laughs> Beat Oregon, knock them out, open up a spot for us. You're going to have two shots at them. It's just split, that's all. Although, just asking to play 500. Although Cincinnati's got to be worried that Oklahoma will jump them. Yeah, but... There's nothing they can do about that. No. They're just Oklahoma State fans. If Oklahoma State wins, Oklahoma will take a loss and not pass them. Well, this poll this time around was predictable. Last week it was a little bit surprising with Oregon being in there, but now it wasn't. I mean, I expected what I got. And I was glad to see the Utes get in there because I think 
to me, without question, the Utes are a top 25 team. I, I would go top 15 team right now. I mean, I realize you have to account for the record, so that's why they're not in that high of a, of a ranking because you do account for the record, so you have to account for the losses. But nevertheless, the team as it is now, I believe, is a top top 15 team in the country. Well, if they really are a top 15 team, then when they win next week, they'll move up. Some teams in front of them are bound to lose, so they're 24 now and ought to be able to get to 20 next week, I would think. And if they are a top 15 team and they keep winning, they it will be there shortly. Because down in that area, teams lose teams lose every week. Well, there's a bunch of six and three teams in there. Yep. And so they're going to win this week. I'm going to go down. I'm going to write. I already wrote what I'm going to write, and I wrote it last night. <laughs> it's all ready to go. Yeah. Just in I case. Like 550 words. If you see anything different, you can change it. But if you, yeah. Utah's a 24-point favorite, and if that's how it well, goes. I'm oh. writing, my point of writing this with this game against Arizona is that since Arizona entered, or Utah entered the conference, they've had, Arizona's had five football coaches. Utah's had one. And the only one who's done anything was Rich Rod, and he embarrassed the university. Kyle's never embarrassed the university. Never, ever. Yep. He's boring. <laughs> he is. He's a boring dude. He'll tell you that. He'll tell you first, right to your face. And he, he just, his family, now he's got grandkids. Goes to see Chiefs games because his kid Alex is on the staff there. Uh, but, I mean, it's just it, – and yet there's a lot of people who want to change. And, Look at over there. <laughs> and, you know, that, that's the, the Dick Tomey thing. They had Larry Smith in the 80s who did well, mm-hmm. and then he got the USC job. And Tomey took over. And Tomey produced like f- five first-round draft picks, 25 All-Americans, 45 All-Pac-10 team uh, members. And then they ran him out of town. Yeah. And, and they've won- sucked basically and, ever since. And he won a lot of games. Yeah, they had a twelve and one, had a twelve and one team along the way. Yeah, nineteen ninety eight. They had an identity. Everybody remembers that the Brewski man. Yeah, yeah. But two years after twelve and one, they ran him because he had two five hundred seasons. Well, the, the one one was five and six, but yeah, yeah, and he just got fed up. He got sick of it. And he left. It's so stupid. One of Chris Hill's greatest jobs or decisions was not running Kyle after two five and seven teams. Yep. One more year, he got it together, beat SC, got to six and one, screen bowl eligible, gave us a great drop, and they've been pretty good ever since. And their down year was seven and six. The USC Cal football game scheduled for Saturday has been postponed. Ongoing COVID issues for the Golden Bears. Game will be played on December fourth, the day after the Pac-12 Conference title game. Day of many other. Conference title That's just games. great news for the kids. That's great news for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> How so? Because they want to play. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I mean, the game doesn't, it's not going to matter or anything, no. but. It might matter to SC. We were talking about how that could be SC trying to get bowl eligible I suppose, now. I suppose that, if that matters to you, but your SC and trying to get bowl eligible doesn't really fly. But I'm, I'm glad that the boys have a chance to play because they want to play as seniors. That's going to be it. So, because they had said earlier that if there was a postponement, it would count as a forfeit, and they changed it, and that's the right thing to do. They got the date open, so use it. Yes. And they are. I think that's the wise thing. I mean, I don't care if it's not on television, if there's only 500 people there. It's all about the kids getting an opportunity to be together and play a game, win or lose. I mean, what? Justin, Justin and the kids. 
That's Justin Wilcox, of course. Cal's is two years now. COVID has just ravaged their team. Team, yeah. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, we're going to have Joe Ingles early today, Yach. 8.05? Yeah, 8 a.m. Wow. All right, Joe Ingles is coming. This is Riley Jensen, 8.05. Riley moved. He moved? Did he need help packing? Scheduling snafu. Riley will be relocated to our show at another day and time. Another day? That's what what, uh, I was just texted by Yach. So we're not even going to have him today? Pablo Mastroni is coming up next. It's Thunderbird High Talk. It's RSL Playoff Talk. Dramatic finish. And now, ah, Seattle, the irony. We'll get to that coming up. DJ and PK, it's 97.5, 1280 The Zone. It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It's a trip to Tucson, Arizona for the Utes as they enter the home stretch of their Pac-12 schedule with a showdown against the Arizona Wildcats. Catch the Ute pregame show this Saturday with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the postgame press conference, Nobody brings you better coverage of Ute football. You ready? Yeah! Than 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Utah Facial Plastics. Losing your hair, it's 2021 and you don't have to. UFP Hair Restoration offers a range of cutting-edge therapies to restore thick hair permanently. Just text HAIR to 801-960-3137 for 15% off any hair loss treatment or visit www.utahairmd.com. Well, yabba-dabba-doo. DJ and PK, it's time to bring in Ral Salt Lake's interim head coach, Pablo Mastroni. He joins us right now. On the Smart Rain guest line, Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Pablo, good morning. Morning, DJ. PK is here for a little Thunderbird High reminiscing. You guys are taking over the world, (laughs) and you have Demir to thank for it because he has extended the season. Have you gotten over that? When does the adrenaline high end? I don't know. I'm still, I'm still, yeah, recovering from the lack of sleep from a couple (laughs) nights ago. It's been a, it's been a fun uh, moment to kind of replay and check out all the different angles and, um, yeah, crazy times. So as I watch your team the last month, Pablo, it reminds me of being on the first tee at Cave Creek Golf Course. As I stand over <laughs> that ball, I don't know what's going to happen today. I know there's a chance that I could shoot maybe 78, 79, but I also know that there's a chance that I could shoot 92. And it's really frustrating because at the same time, I know it's within me, but I don't have the consistency. And I sort of relate that to your team as there's been a lot of uh, – Exciting times, but some times that were disappointing, too. How do you find that consistency? Well, I think, um, you know, I, I think it's a part of the process that we've been on, you know, taking over a team midseason, trying to change 
um, the mentality of the group and the way we want to go about doing things. And then we changed the formation um, because we didn't have certain players in certain positions and trying to get the most out of the players that we, that we had available. And so there's a lot of variables at play. Um, and, you know, it's a lot easier when you have a six-week preseason and you know exactly what you're going to do and you're the same guy throughout the whole year. Um, but the one thing that is consistent, uh, DJ, is that you know you're going to finish the game the right way. Um, and that's what I'm most proud of. Um, however we started, whatever the scoreline is, you know with 10 minutes left, 15 minutes left, and this has been the common theme of this group, is that they're not going to give up and they still believe. Um, and I think it's that mentality and that consistency that actually saw us through to the playoffs. So you took the team from the uh, the four two three one into a three five two, and it led to wide open soccer. There were a lot of goals. Sometimes you gave up a lot of goals. Sometimes you scored a lot of goals. But man, it was up and down. It was exciting. What is the reaction when you go into the final game and you tell the guys, "Hey, we're switch we're switching back. We're we're going to play four and back again." What well, what was the reaction from the players? Well, you know, I think it was interesting. I think the guys up front um, kind of were we're kind of shocked because I think, again, we were creating a lot of great opportunities and, um, and, and they really enjoyed that part. The guys in the back, I think had a different perspective, which is, you know, we've conceded seven goals in the last, in, in the last two games. And right. And so I think for me, my job is to strike a balance and, and make sure that uh, I do what, what I think is best for the group. And given that we were so open, as, as, as you rightly mentioned, um, how do we, how do we kind of tame it back a little bit yet allowing certain players like Albert, to find pockets to get on the ball and and Demir to do his thing and um, and I think the, the the interesting thing was I think it was our most professional our most disciplined uh, performance um, that we've had and going back to a four and so the ability to go from a three to a four that quickly um, after not have done it just, again speaks to volumes of the amount of focus and concentration that these guys had going in the last the last game of the season. So you start November 23rd against Seattle. What are you going to do in the meantime with the team? Well, I think it's, um, you know, I think it's a balance, right? I think you, if you start tactics too early, then uh, you lose it. So what, what, what I want to do is, you know, on, on Friday, just show a little bit of Seattle and maybe talk about the buildup and how they like to press and how we could build out from the back. And then um, on Tuesday, maybe talk about the, the, the way that uh, we want to press from the top and, and, and how they and how they want to build out. And so just slowly start dropping um, the tactical pieces that will be important so it's not all done in like a two-day span. And in the meantime, making sure that they're enjoying, the, 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 you know, coming out to training every day, which is a lot of small-sided stuff, um, a lot of competition stuff, um, because I think that's been the important part. We've been competing um, in training, and I think that uh, that's kind of carried over to the games, and that's an important aspect as well. Pablo Mastroni joining us, Real Salt Lake's uh, interim manager. Of course, you're the interim manager because Freddie left for Seattle midseason, and now you draw Seattle. And when I heard that, when we realized how everything was breaking there the last day of the season on Decision Day, I thought of you, and I can't remember what game it was, but there was a goal, and you, the camera was on you, and you're doing, they got a, you know, there's the mic'd up segment on the broadcast. And so we see you lean your head back, look up at the sky, and scream, the universe! <laughs> and I thought, the universe has brought Freddie together with RSL. What, how much does that matter to the guys? Because obviously there were some guys, I think Rubio Rubin was the most outspoken, but there were some guys, man, that, that, was a, that was a shot upside the head when they heard the news he was leaving for 
an assistance job in Seattle midseason? Yeah, I think it's listen. I think it's, it was it was a tough situation for everyone, um, and, uh, including Freddie. Yeah, it was an easy an easy decision for him as well. Um, myself, I mean, it affected everyone, right? And uh, but but I think um, that that's the beauty of sport, and that's and that's how it works. And sometimes coaches get let go, sometimes they leave on their own. Um, but the onus is on those left behind to really pull together and and, and make it happen. And um, and so my challenge to the group was, you know, we can sit here and sulk and, and feel sorry for ourselves, but we all have to crack on because we all have lives to live. Um, and I think they all took that in stride. And, and again, I think changing the formation to a three quickly kind of allowed us to separate from what we were doing um, in that time span. But it is it is crazy that that, that we're, we're, you know, we're in Seattle and Freddie was Freddie sent a text over to the staff after after our game. Um, that was nice. And, and so. It'll be it'll be a great a great game, um, and obviously with with that side story in mind, I think uh, you know it'll it'll make it that much more uh, interesting as as we embark on the the quest to beat Seattle in Seattle. I'm wondering if it's had actually a unifying effect when you combine what what happened there, and then also with the flux of the ownership situation, maybe us against the world type of mentality. Yeah, I, I think so. You know, I think one of the one of the things that has been, you know, tough tough on the guys is not knowing what's going to happen next year. Um, and and you know, just kind of reiterating, we're all in the same boat, myself included. Right. Um, you know, so I think that is yeah, PK. I think that is a unifying moment. Um, and and pulling together and and trying to empathize with these guys because they want to make plans for their futures as well. And um, but it's, it is, it, it galvanized the group. And, uh, I think that's a big part of, of, of the mentality is that we have to do this in here in this locker room, because we don't know that anyone else's situation, but we know ours and we know what we want to achieve. And we know that we're all in the same boat. So let's do it together. Is it too obvious and you don't have to point it out or do you want to reiterate it because there are so many guys who can't help but think about, you know, where am I going to be living in January and February? It's not that far away. Uh, that everybody loves a winner and that getting into the playoffs increases all their value and advancing in the playoffs increases all of their value, not only to this club, but potentially to other clubs around the league as well. DJ, that's, that's what I've said from the beginning. I said that's the one, that's the one way to guarantee that you have a, a, a good situation for yourself next year um, is to win. Um, everyone loves winners, and everyone wants a little bit of that magic that's happening in that locker room um, with them. And so that's been a rallying cry from the beginning, especially when um, you know I took over. Um, and, and again, I knew less about people's contractual situations than Freddie did. So um, that was definitely a rallying cry and something that uh, that's really motivated this group for sure. So when you were playing high school soccer for Thunderbird, did you ever play that perennial power cactus high school? You know, PK, at that time, cactus, yeah, yeah, we did. We did play cactus, but I don't know that they, uh, maybe they were actually. Yeah, probably my freshman and sophomore year, they were they were powerhouses. Yeah, you're right. That's the reason why I bring you're that right. up. Their coach, a man named Jack Aldersitz, was the best man at my wedding. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's a small world. Yes, yes. As a matter of fact, I, I, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Oh, small world. Wow. He was married to my sister, and he was wow. he was my mentor. He was he's ten years older than me, a little bit more, but he was the one guy 
who got me on the path to where I am today. Without him, I'm not even anywhere close to where I am right now. He was he was my guy, and wow. he died uh, at 58, way, way, way too young. But he started basically is viewed as the godfather of high school soccer in Arizona. In Arizona. Yeah, because yeah. he got it as a sanctioned sport. I remember being at Cactus at the first game, and uh, it was wow. a, it was a, just a memorable experience because he played soccer back in New Jersey at Glassboro State, which is now Rowan. It's a sore subject. Uh, some guy donated a bunch of money, and they changed the name. And so he came out west, as, as our family did, and he started soccer. Uh, in high school for Arizona, no so he's kind way. of a, kind of a uh, uh, a forefather for what you were able to accomplish just a, just a few years later. It's amazing, it's, and it's amazing how much it's grown. Because I remember at that time, soccer was just kind of a, a, a whatever sport. And then, but, we, but when we, I, now that you say that about cactus, I remember going there, and they had a packed crowd my first my freshman year. Um, and at that time, I had a broken arm, so I didn't really play. Um, but, but I remember the impact. Yeah, I remember that. And as, as years went on, obviously, even in, at Thunderbird, my, my senior year, we had probably a couple, a couple hundred close to, you know, 500 people coming to our games. And so just to see the growth over the years has been, been amazing. Yeah, for sure. The press box is actually the field because they play football there too. But when it's uh, soccer, the right. field is named after him. So Pablo, not only did you go to the same high school as PK, but fortunately, then your you know your paths diverged. And while he went to Northern Arizona and ASU, you went to NC State. So were you channeling Jim Valvano when you were running up and down the sideline after the goal? Because I couldn't help but think about Valvano in the pit. <laughs> uh, well, my 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 coach uh, George Tarantini was really good friends with uh, George Valvano uh, or Jimmy Valvano, sorry, um, and. Uh, yeah, I think they were kind of one and the same. And and now that you say that, it, it evokes that memory of my my uh, my college coach running down the sidelines when we scored a goal like that. Um, but that's funny. Yeah, I, I just kind of went blank. I didn't know, you know, because on the sidelines there we have uh, Theron, who, who's our our head trainer. He's oh, he's the countdown, you know. So when when injury injury time, he'll give you two minutes, uh, minute and a half, one minute. <laughs> 30 seconds. And so we got to 30 seconds. And after 30 seconds, it goes radio silent. There's no more like 10, 9. So it goes 30 seconds. And I'm watching. I said, you know, I'm thinking to myself, we still have a chance. The ball's over here. We still have a chance. And then the ball goes in. And I'm like, oh, my God. The last thing I remember was 30 seconds. And I'm like, there, there can't be much time. And then I go over to the fourth official after the, the, the craziness. And he says, yeah, there's 15 seconds left. And I was like, oh, my God. But, however, with that moment where I kind of lost consciousness and I went running down and I grabbed that ball, uh, the, the fourth official, like, whispered. It was like there was pandemonium, and I'm grabbing this ball off the stand there, and there's, like, a whisper, set, and he says, Pablo, don't do anything stupid with that ball. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I kind of look at because, like, I had a feeling of just wanting to punt this thing out of the stadium, you know, like, like – childhood like ah just let's let's like let's celebrate and i heard this whisper and so i put it back down and it was just a really really interesting moment for sure well and gosh if you're doing that to get in i want to see if you should you should win the whole thing it's going to be berserk (laughs) (laughs) yeah who knows what happens if that would be the case uh well, Pablo, we appreciate a few minutes this morning. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you got a little downtime for the guys who played 
five, Demir and Albert playing five games in 16 days, so a little downtime for them. And then uh, the 23rd, RSL at Seattle to open the playoffs, and we'll look forward to uh, seeing Freddie again, plus Garth Lagerway and Craig Weibel. It's a lot of RSL alumni working up in Seattle now. Yeah, it should be fun. It should be a lot of fun. The guys are, uh, like you said, Dami and Albert have been Warriors playing these last five games and uh and really uh the just lost them huh yep i think we still just dropped well thanks again for coming on we were right at the end anyway but those guys have played a lot they have run a lot and need a little downtime we'll get it and they do they get it now right exactly the 23rd so uh It'll be up in Seattle on the turf up there, and we'll see how that goes. Seattle knocked him out up there a couple of years ago in a second-round game. Now they'll get him an opener. You going? Nope. Network, network TV. Stop. I'm not talking about as a broadcaster. I'm talking about as a diehard. <laughs> no. I mean, I get the broadcasting situation. Yeah, it's an FS1 game. I think Fox got it. Yeah, regardless, but I, I would think that you would go. Come on, man. Either you're in or in the way or something like that. <laughs> Kyle Whittingham is now running RSL. He's just going to start mashing up different teams. You're a fan. Sports. You're going to be rooting for him to win. I'm going to be rooting for him to win. Nothing wrong with saying that. That's what we do. Locals losing is not good for business. Well, I want Locals him to win, win because of his connection. Pablo, I know. It's hard not to root for Pablo. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up, Joe Ingles is about 15 minutes away. His weekly visit, usually on Thursdays, but they got a Thursday game this week. They got the Pacers. So Joe is going to join us in about 15 minutes right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. James Empey, offensive lineman, BYU. That final walk in the 100 yards across the Edwards Stadium, how emotional was that for you? That's a cool tradition that we do, kind of that last walk in Lavelle. And, you know, I've always thought it was cool since my first year here. And, you know, it was a cool moment and everybody's excited. And like I was saying, tons of great memories, tons of great experiences, lots of lessons learned and growth here. And, you know, regardless of what the future holds, it was special. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. Football Friday is presented by Mountainland Supply, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at mountainland.com. Question of the day, and we will have more time to get to this after Joe Ingles is going to join us in our next segment. But the Jazz shoot almost 40% from three in the win over the Hawks. They back? Are they here? Is this it? These are the guys. This is not it. They're not here. What? But they don't have to be here. I think the best thing about this win was nobody did anything that was extraordinary. I mean, Mitchell had a little run there and made some shots. But so what? Mitchell's showing up with uh, 27 points. Doesn't blow you away. That's pretty much his ballpark. Not at all. He didn't do anything that was even close to adding or, adding out of the ordinary. Steph Curry's scoring 50 out of the ordinary. Blows you away. Especially when you look at some of the shots he makes. Unbelievable shooter. The best we've ever seen. Uh, Mitchell, nice game. Great game. But nothing, no big deal. Really, when you think about it. 
Nobody really did anything that was uh, mind-blowing is too too strong. But uh, Nobody I, had an extraordinary game. Nobody raising. has this one-off eyebrow-raising game. No. Everybody's plugged in. Bogey went for 18. That's pretty normal. Clarkson gave him 16 off the bench. Got his usual one board. Joe, Joe barely shot the ball. Wasn't needed. Nope. Wasn't there. But, hey, they're tired. We should win the rebounds. We should dominate. You can hear Quinn talking about that. And Joe had four four boards. And the Jazz did dominate the backboards. Well, they're better. Yep. They won the backboards. They're plus 12 on the boards, which is a pretty big number. And that's a positive that you could sort of have a ho-hum game. Mitchell was a little bit better than a ho-hum game. Uh, and they withstood. Uh, Herter was just uh, for a while there. Wow. I mean, he was amazing. Uh, six of nine from three, and it seemed like a uh, stretch in the third quarter when they made their comeback that he just was not missing anything. Uh, so they withstood that. Uh, they're a better team than the Hawks, and they got the win. I mean, this is what what it's about. It's just put another win in the column and move it on. If there was anything that jumped out, it wasn't individually. It was that the Jazz dominated the backboards, and Quinn has talked forever about defending without fouling, giving us a chance to get out in transition. If you foul, you're not getting anything. You're not going to be able to run and get anything. And the Hawks only shot 10 free throws. That's a low number. So if you're looking for a number that catches your eye in a box score, it's off. It's like 10 free throws for a whole team in an entire game. Quinn's got to like that. You know, they, and, and the Hawks shot over 50% from three. Mostly, you said, and Herter was lighting up, and, and, and Trey Young was hitting threes as well. Uh, Reddish came off the bench and lit it up. So, as a team, they had a really good night shooting the three. But it didn't matter. They were down 15 going to the fourth quarter. Did it ever feel to you like in the fourth quarter they were going to make a run? It was a super low-scoring quarter for both teams. No. Yeah. Jazz get the win. Improved 8-3. and three, and Do it again against the Pacers, who will also be coming in back-to-back. Pacers are in Denver tonight. Joe Ingles is next. Stay with us.